Welcome to another edition of Hit the Lights podcast. I've got a very special guest with me today. I've got Ben Pratt. How are we doing? Not too bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. How are you keeping? Busy? Yeah, mate. Majorly busy at the moment, mate. It's crazy out here. Yeah, are you um, finding your job to job quite a lot and fast pace? Yeah, inquiries are coming in thick and fast, and yeah, it's keeping me busy out there. Yeah, are you are you predominantly throughout the London area? Um, yeah, so London and surrounding counties. Um, so we, we sort of go with the nice workers, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I suppose that's where you, everyone targets the best clients. That's the exactly. idea, isn't it? Are you finding you're getting quite a lot of um, different nature installs in terms of the inquiries coming in? Yeah, quite a wide range from sort of electrical to AV, which is which is nice. It's nice to have a nice varied um, sort of um, pipeline as opposed to just the same fuse board changes, fuse board changes, fuse board changes. So, yeah, it's nice. No, that's good. Would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself then, who you are and, and how you came into the electrical industry? Yeah, of course, mate. So, um, yeah, for those who don't know me, I'm Ben and um, I own a company called Be Electrical London and also White Onyx Automation. Um, and then, so I started uh, as an electrical mate and uh, doing some social housing work. So I was originally doing some, um, a bit of metal conduit and external lighting on blocks yeah. of flats. Right, yeah. Um, and I remember literally, I was I was working at a go-kart track beforehand and I just got the phone call, Zach, oh, do you want to come and do some electrical work? And I was like, yeah, why not? Was that a friend then? Was that a friend who picked up the phone? Yeah, yeah. So it was a friend and um, he, he sort of had his own contracting firm. So he was subbing jobs from, from bigger companies and just supplying the labour. So yeah, went and jumped on board. And I remember it's probably a little bit different now, but I turned up, I went to Screwfix. I had any idea what I was going to do. And I went to Screwfix and I bought a forged steel like bag of tools, uninsulated, just screwed. Do you know what I mean? And to be fair, the guy that I was working with, he just said, look, they're not the right tools for the job and, and showed me what I needed. But rather than sort of laugh me off, it was, um, yeah, it was all good. I picked it up sort of quickly um, and then moved on to sort of rewires and kitchen and bathroom upgrades in houses. Yeah. Um, and just just flew from there, just picked up tools, picked up um, the knowledge. It's very sort of fast paced, rewires in a day. So you've got to do a lot of install and then fault finding all before like four o'clock so you can get out the door. Yeah. Um, and I guess I think those years sort of made, made me who I am and sort of, you know, very solutions um, based in terms of approaches to stuff. Because I've always used to, you know, right, let's liven up at whatever time and, you know, always you're liven up and there's circuits tripping and where there's like four or five of us in a house, it's you've got to run over and check everyone's work and get it all up and running. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it just got to a point where I sort of had my own tools, own tester, own van, and I was still earning 50 quid a day. Right, okay. Why, why can't I earn any more money? And they said, oh, you're not qualified. So I said, okay, fine. I need to go and get my qualifications. Right, okay. Um, so were you, were you doing that for quite a while then? Yeah, a couple of years. A couple right, of okay. years. So, so it's a, a little bit, I suppose, unfair on their part to drag you along in that manner. Um, I mean, the, looking back at it now, the experience was, you know, I couldn't grumble. I was, I was young, so I didn't really have many responsibilities as long as I could you know, buy a six pack of Monster a day, you know, and <laughs> put some diesel in the van, I was good to go. Um, so looking back on it now, it was a blessing because the amount of, um, you know, varied works that I'd done and knowledge that I'd picked up when I when I did go and do 
um, a sort of level two, level three, it was literally a walk in the park. That's good. Um, so which was which was a touch. And the route that I went down, so I looked into apprenticeships and, you know, I saw the whole four year thing and I was like, look, I, I can't do that considering I've already been at this a couple of years. I've massively invested in myself. I can't go and do, you know, four years getting it done. Um, so I'd done like the adult learning route. Mm-hmm. So it's not a little sort of, I know everyone's got a stigma about it. I'm going to say, oh, fast track course, two, three weeks. Like it was 16 weeks full time. Yeah. So not evenings. It was literally every day, full time, 16 weeks to do my level two and level three. Yeah. Uh, so I'd done that. Um, had a two week break in the middle and I'd done my building regs in between the level two and level three. And then after level three, I'd done my two, three, nine, one. So my test and inspect. Right. Okay. So I took a I took a big chunk off of off of work. Yeah. Um, to to get qualified, and then yeah came came straight back into the field and um, back into the social housing sector and was running my own team. So I had some sparks underneath me and we was getting rewires done. And yeah, just um, sort of upped my testing knowledge there and yeah just all, all went from there. And then I think in in 2016 uh, there's a lot of social housing you get a lot of blowouts you turn up to a house it's not ready and you know sometimes you're working quite far away and I wanted something a bit more stable uh, I was expecting my daughter at the time so I went to work for a builders up in London and that's when I sort of came across the high-end residential world yeah and learned about Lutron lighting and AV systems and my, my mind was blown <laughs> you know I'd never seen anything like it before in my life and you know I was just sucked straight back in um in terms of the love for it because I really do enjoy sort of you know the engineering aspect of of you know electrical installs and just finding something new to sink my teeth into I just loved it and yeah I've been on a I've been on a roller coaster ever since. No, that sounds really interesting in terms of the when you came out of being qualified then obviously you had your, your qualifications you said you had your two three nine one did you go straight out on your own or you sorry you carried on doing the social housing for yeah a I went, while I went, with yeah, I went straight back to the um the the, the firm that I was working for. Yeah. Off. Um and yes, went straight back in. But as opposed to being sort of a electrical labourer, I went back in as a as a team leader. Um, right. Okay. Yeah. No, so yes, yeah, so me and me and another guy um were sort of like qualified electricians, and then we had um like one or two labourers or apprentices helping out and get rewires done in a day. I think probably the thing I'd say that sets you apart is obviously, like you say, there is a stigma over like short courses and stuff like that. But the fact that you've already done two years prior to undertaking a short course, it wasn't like you came, you know, cold into that 16 week period uh, or whatever it was that you you did. So what benefits do you think you had from that two years that meant you were able to fast track yourself? So it was, you know, it was the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the on-site experience. Everybody says, you know, after you've gone to college, uh, when they talk about the short course, they say, oh, you go to college and you do your courses, you've got no on-site experience. I had the on-site experience. Mm. You know, I'd worked on, you know, new build sites. I'd done, you know, a bit of conduit and tray work in blocks of flats. I'd done risers. I'd done domestics in terms of, you know, upgrades and EICRs. I'd, I'd done well, at the time of periodic testing, but I'd, I'd done like a massive scope of works. Um, and I remember sort of the first day I went to college, the um, I was sitting at the front of the class and the, the lecturer, we, in part of the course, we got CK, fully stocked CK bags. 
and he gave us our bags and he gave us a plug top with a flex in it and a new bit of flex. And he said, oh, what I want you guys to do is take the flex out and rewire the new flex in. And by the time he'd gone and given everybody else's plug tops out to them and came to the front of the class, I'd finished. Mm. And uh, he was like, oh, ha, ha, very funny. I was like, no, look in the bin, there's my old flex. And he's like, oh, okay, I, st- I see what type of person you're going to be. And it was just one of them ones that, you know, I was sitting amongst people that had just come out of the army um, or, you know, there was in sort of IT working for BET and stuff. And now they want to become electricians and they've got no on-site experience whatsoever. Mm. And it was like, this is just too easy for me. I remember when they were teaching Chasing Out, it was a hammer and bolster on, a, on, a, on like a small breeze block. And I've been using, you know, Hilti chasing gear and, you know, it's, I was just so far ahead in terms of the, the, the physical experience. Um, and I'd, I'd picked up a lot because I asked a lot of questions. I picked up a lot in terms of the theory side of it as well. So it was just, it made it so much more relatable as opposed to sitting in a classroom thinking, what on earth is all of this? I was able to actually think, oh, okay, so that's why we used to do it like that. Or that's why such and such told me to do it that way. Mm. You know, so it just made so much more sense and just sunk in so much quicker. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I, I can I'm kind of relate. I was, um, I did do a, a standard of what you call apprenticeship, mm-hmm. but I did have nine months of, of work prior yeah. to going into it. So like you say, you go into it more open-eyed yeah. as to what the application of what you're doing is um, in those environments. So, yeah, no, I can agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you went um, out on your own eventually then, and you started doing your own installs. And I think you mentioned about the, the Control 4 and um, other bits and pieces that you, you've uh, come into contact with. Yes, I mean, so, so, so as you do, I've done a little bit of like, do little private jobs on the weekends and evenings and stuff. Um, but when I was working for the, the the builder, I think it might have been 2018 is when I went back out properly on my own. And that was just because I just felt that I was I'd, I'd reached my ceiling point in the in that company. Um, and so I just went out on my own and yeah, had exposure to sort of the Lutron. At the time it was Lutron and Savant. I hadn't really seen Control 4. But I'm the sort of person that, you know, I made inquiries. I took myself my Lutron training course. I paid the whatever it is, couple of grand and you know, got myself qualified and then ordered up a load like seven grand worth of Lutron kit so I could sit there and play with it and understand that, you know, the the R&D costs that I put in is crazy. You know, I, I, I'm a type of person, I need to know how something works before I can, you know, show people or tell people I can do this and that. So, you know, there's, there's so much out there. I just, yeah, sunk myself into it. Did you find you had a, a ready-made client base then for that type of application? No, so it was it was quite difficult because, you know, going from sort of like the social housing and people knew and what sort of work I was doing um, and then completely jumping jump to the other end of the spectrum and being in high-end works. Uh, I had a lot of people that were still asking me to do sort of jobs that I didn't really want to do anymore. Um, but I did pick up a few from working at that company, a few contacts, a few sort of architects, interior designers, and then sort of word of mouth spread and spread and Instagram was a big tool as well that helped. Have you? Is that something you've employed more and more then um, throughout the years since you, you you took the step to go on your own? Um, yeah. So Instagram did play quite a well, it still does play quite a, a large part. I was constantly seeing things that were brand new to me, um, and sort of being able to show that to 
other electricians that had sort of worked alongside of it had never seen this stuff was a bit like oh wow this is this is cool Mm. Um, and I did have quite a few opportunities to do some really nice work which did you know I had um, you know head of lighting companies reaching out to me saying I've just seen you've installed one of these lights like where did you how did you even get it in the country because we don't even know you know it hasn't come through us and you know lo and behold it had been ordered from like Barcelona and shipped directly here so people were sort of seeing what I was doing and, and reaching out which was pretty cool. What what were some of the nuances with those systems then that make or should I say set you apart from let's say the standard electrician who would come in and put you know loads of spotlights in what what is it that those systems do for domestic settings that really amplify the installation to being really like feature feature lighting etc I mean don't get me wrong you can you can install these systems poorly and you can make them sort of just very expensive standard lighting control systems it's just sort of looking at it from not an electrical point of view if that makes sense so when you're when you're looking at light and control you're looking at the space and how to use lighting to you know accentuate design features or how that lighting can make you feel in a room it's not necessarily you know grids of four by four or eight by eight or whatever down lights in the ceiling like i i, I can't do grid down lights anymore it's, it's a pain for me because i know that it doesn't it, gives a uniform you know light spread over the room but every room has a purpose and so you know you need to light the room for the purpose um and so it just goes hand in hand it's more of a you've got to think more about it therefore you know additional costs are incurred you might get a lighting designer so it becomes a luxury product because generally there's so much more involved at the price of it you know Mm. rockets above a standard i'll just come in and whack some some lights in um but it's it's really something that you can't it can't be you can't replicate with anything else you can't sort of hide dimmers in a suite in a cupboard and you know it's it's the instantaneous scene changing from one button press to changing essentially changing the moods in the room um it's just it's just priceless are you doing a lot of automation then with these systems and you know um, linking it to other parts of the home in in those sense. Yeah, so they go hand in hand. So I sort of I, I came in through the Lutron uh, sort of route. So I went into Lutron light and control first, and then that's its own sort of light and control system. And then you can integrate that into other control systems such as Crestron, Savant, Control Four, Elan, etc., etc. Mm. Um, and so yeah, just naturally the the progression was there to oh you do this, what else do you do, and it's then sort of linking everything together. Yeah, are, are you? Um, you mentioned earlier, obviously about the AV as well. Are you linking those systems in together? Um, I don't know whether it's home cinemas or those sorts of arrangements. Are you kind of facilitating that as well as part of all the? Yeah. Controls? So yeah. So full scope. So so what I've done recently was was set up a new trader name, which is White Onyx Automation, because what I found was being you know being called B Electrical, and then you're sort of tendering for an AV project. You look like an electrician that's trying to do a bit of AV as opposed to sort of an AV professional. Mm. Um, so we sort of split it that way just so people have a clear understanding of who we are and what we do. Um, but yeah, everything goes hand in hand. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, the the electrical industry is the most important industry in construction. Without electric, nothing works. You know, you can take away everything else and people will still 
manage to get something done but you take away electricity and everything stops yeah you know so it going hand in hand with the av it's it's nice we're able to sort of upsell we're able to back and forth between the two so if we come in from an av perspective you know we're able to potentially try and take on the electrical elements and vice versa uh, so we, we are seeing now sort of we're getting inquiries for you know one scope of works and then we're sort of asking the question oh, who's doing this who's doing that have you thought about xyz and, and trying to upsell and take on larger scopes of work to make it easier for the client um and obviously just to increase increase revenue for myself so no definitely yeah it's always the way isn't it that's the way you should you, you should enterprise a business is always upselling and, and showing what you can deliver that's extra above yeah. everyone else isn't it differentiating yeah. yourself um so when you when you obviously uh, set up your own businesses did you look at um competent person schemes and things like that is that something you've done for your business I'm well yeah so i'm napier registered uh, and then with the ap with the av side of things there's a, a membership called cdr um which i do need to join to be fair uh I, I mean i don't know if many people know about it but it's it's a massive resource for, for AV professionals out there and they give so much training and information, um, white papers, resources um, to help better you as an AV engineer, Yeah. Um, which I was unaware of because a lot of the time um, when I first found out about senior people were putting, you know, stickers on their vans and putting it on their workwear. Um, and I sort of saw it a bit like, you know, having the NIC logo, a lot of people recognize it and say, oh, we only want an NIC accredited electrician. And it's not the same for CDR. People don't say, oh, we want a CDR member AV engineer. Mm-hmm. But it's just being part of that organization um, and utilizing the resources that they give you. There's, there's so much, especially as an electrician going into that world. I haven't been taught AV by anyone. I've had to pick it up all myself. So where I'm seeing so many more electrical individuals moving into AV, joining a body like CDR, just gives you so much more um, foundation and help that you know you wouldn't get anywhere else because you haven't been trained up in it. Yeah, no, I agree. I, it's a new, it's a new one to me. I, I have no background whatsoever in AV, yeah. so so that's you know that's a useful tidbit if you're looking to move into that field. Definitely, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent, yeah. So. How do you um, manage your business day to day then? Is, has the business grown? You've got a, a team under you now? No, so I use a lot of subcontractors. I have been actively trying to get apprentices and, and hire people. I think at the time that I needed to hire, I was a little bit scared about am I going to have enough work and am I going to be able to afford staff long term? And I didn't take people on. And now it's got to a point where it's like, oh, damn, I really need help. And I'm having to sort of reach out to a lot of subcontractors to help out on jobs, which is working for now. But I am actively looking because the business has grown um, and I do need people to, to help out. And, yeah, just just create a nice team that we can just smash it and get loads done. No, that sounds really good. So any, anyone listening? <laughs> yeah, if anyone's listening, apprentices or you know, fully qualified electricians that are interested in the sort of, AV and smart home industry. Um, yeah, I'm based in Kent, cover all of London and surrounding counties. So yeah, give me a shout. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, uh, get a few CVs in. Yeah. Um, so one one of the other things as well, obviously, you kind of touched on it in terms of doing your design and, and other bits. So how how do you how do you find time to fit all of that in? Is it just 
working all hours of the day. Yeah, I don't know how I'd find time to be honest, mate. Um, yeah, it's 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 tough. Um, you know, I've got two kids at home, so to be actually on site trying to do work and then deal with the phone calls, um, it is tough. But what I've learned to do now is sort of spread out my workload. So I have admin days. I have days that you know I was. If I've got a design I need to do, or I need to work on a tender, I'll set aside time uh, to make sure that I take care of those things. So I guess my my on-site time is has dropped, but you know it's 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 been planned out now. Before it used to be like take take the jobs while they come in, yeah, and run myself ragged and be like, oh, I've got a five-day week, but I need to get X Y Z done. So it's staying up till three, four in the morning trying to get stuff done. And it's just not feasible long term. And I'm just not putting my best work out. So I've I've learned to sort of spread it out. And it's 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 a hard one because you get phone calls. Like I had a phone call today and it's um a woman who's looking to have someone to to look at the home automation system in her home and she's like, Oh, we need someone to look at sort of as soon as possible. And I said, Look, I'm I'm running at a six to eight week lead time here. Mm. You know, I said if, if you're good, you're busy. I understand your position, but you know, it's it's there's gotta be you can't you can't do it all, you know. Yeah. No, so I've learned to stop saying, oh, yes, I can come next week and trying to fit it in because I just burn myself out. Yeah. Are you taking, like in this climate that we're kind of in at the moment, are you reinforcing that with any like deposits that you're asking of customers and things like that? Yeah. So so a lot of my stuff um, was sort of pro forma. Um, so I require payment up front. There has been a lot of sort of like existing customers that I do and have changed the bend the rules for but i am having to reinforce that because i have had some sort of like long long-term customers that have sort of um taken the taken the biscuit a bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but yeah in this day and age you just can't I just i just don't see that people can you know be bankrolling projects so there's a few guys that i work with and you know they agree a job for a price and you know they're fronting materials and they've been in the customer at the end and i'm like it just it just can't be done nowadays Everything is so expensive, um, and you know we we we're here to make money and do a service at the end of the day. And everybody else, um, you know, outside of the construction industry, charges before delivering services and goods. Mm. So I don't see why it has to be any different for us. And I think the more people enforce that, the the more norm it will become. I mean, I know it's difficult because you know a lot of people find it difficult to trust you know, tradesmen and stuff like that. But, you know, do your research, find someone that's, you know, trustworthy and reliable and there shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, definitely. Find someone who's got six to eight weeks lead time. And yeah, yeah. you know, because I mean, it's some, sometimes it does it does blow my mind that, um, especially where I've come from and I used to do, you know, little jobs like, oh, you know, I'll go and change a light or change a socket for a little 20 quid. And now that could never be done. But to go and, you know, speak to somebody and say, look, you're looking at, let's just say you're looking at, 12 grand for this but I need you know nine grand to cover the, the equipment before we do anything and they're just like yeah okay and send the payment and I'll say okay I'll see you in five weeks yeah. it's just you know you think it's unheard of but it's not you know a lot of the big AV companies it's all pro forma they'll do you know tens of thousands of pounds before they even step foot in the property because they need to procure equipment um you know I see a lot of the time electricians saying oh such and such is hard to get hold of I'm having to drive an hour to go and find, you know, AFDDs or something like that. And it's like, if you had planned this in advance, taken payment and ordered this stuff weeks in advance, 
it would be there ready to go. At the end of the day, the client's got a part with the money. So if, if they can't afford it today, they're not going to be able to afford it in three weeks' time. So, you know, you'll, you'll save yourself the hassle of getting knocked when you forked out 500 quid and they haven't got the money to pay for it in the beginning. And it cuts out a lot of the time wasters, you know? Yeah, definitely would. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I remember only for a little while when, when I was doing that sort of work, I would always ask for just the materials. I would never ask for... Mm. Um, any labour costs up front or anything like that but typically I would always ask for the first fixed materials sort of thing mm. and then I'd get a second payment for the second fixed materials before yeah. starting that lot but yeah no it's definitely like you say weeds out the the time wasters yeah because I mean especially now lead times are crazy like I was on the phone this morning Lutron lead times are 20 to 28 30 weeks at the moment which is six to eight months mm. You know, so if someone wants a system, they, you know, they could be parting off with the best part of £50,000 and not seeing anything for six to eight months, which is crazy, but it's the norm at the moment. Mm. You know, same with people putting deposits down for cars, you're not seeing your car till next year. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you know, so it's, it is a norm. So everybody needs to sort of get on board if this is the normal thing and reinforce it. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I can't see an end to it in the next two years at least. No. It's, it's potentially even longer term. We could be the next decade that we're dealing with it. Um, the shortage is, you know, unless people step in war's end and, you know, the world changes economically. Um, to yeah, I mean, to be, to be fair, I mean, we're going a bit off, off, off piece here, but, you know, the, it's, a, it's a larger problem in terms of they need these raw materials to be mined out of the ground. And now because of, you know, modern day, nobody wants to go and do any physical work like that because they can, you know, try and start a business online or work from home or, you know, there's so many more things and opportunities via the internet that there's just not the people out there to mine these raw materials and physically extract them from the ground in order for us to get this equipment. Yeah. So I, I don't see it changing anytime soon. Maybe there'll be a, a B mining company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, mate? Who knows? Um, so one of the other things that I'm aware about yourself, obviously, is you've now started a skills school. Yes, mate. Um, so what's the, the reasoning behind that? Again, I'm, I'm, I've always been the sort of person to, to make sure that I research and I learn exactly what it is that I need to do before getting stuck in. Um, and I pick up things so well, meeting so many electricians throughout my career that aren't able to do what I would deem quite basic stuff. Um, and then that just made me feel like, you know, it's, there is a massive gap in between what you learn at college and what you physically need to do out on site. Not even so much on set out on site, but when you get phone calls, a lot of everybody wants to run their own company nowadays. So, you know, if you get a phone, if you've just come out of college, you've just started your own company and, uh, you know, you get a phone call to, you know, work out. The main one is, you know, the heating. That's the, the first course that I've run. That's what I've sort of built this all off. Um, you know, nobody they don't teach you that in college. So, you know, unless you've, someone's taught you or you've sat down to work it out, a lot of people can't get their head around it. Yeah, I think the only thing I came across was the, uh, the S plan. Mm-hmm. in the am2 i don't think it was like yeah. I say it was taught in the three years of college when i was there yeah. and there's a lot of people that have been you know they've been depending on their, their how they've been taught they've just done not able to look outside of what they've learned and understand that people do things differently you know i've seen systems whereby they've used the cpc still sleeves the cpc but you know running a live down it to switch a valve and they just think, oh, that is, you know, that's a CPC and not 
understanding that you need to actually work out what the cable is doing. It's just a piece of copper. doesn't matter what colour it's wrapped in. You need to work out what it does. So I think even a prime example, we had a, a Rayco job a little while ago. And what they've done is previously they'd wired all of the blinds in Twin and Earth. Right. Now, with the, the blinds being controlled on a relay, you need a live switch to take it up, a live switch to take it down. You need a neutral. So those three cores plus your earth, you need a three core on earth. Mm. So they've actually used the CPC as a neutral, used the neutral conductor as one of the lines, and then the, you know, the brown conductor as the other line. And another electrician came into the job to tie up the cable in and just assumed that all the neutrals are neutrals, all the CPCs are earths, and just waggled them all together and blew all the modules up. <laughs> And, you know, it's just things about actually it's not literally blue, green and yellow and brown. You need to, you know, we are electrical engineers. We need to look at this stuff with engineering hats on and work out what's going on. We can't just say, oh, it's, you know, these cables, put them together and ta-da. It doesn't work like that. And so it's just trying to teach people, you know, what you, what I feel you actually need when you go out and work in people's houses because you don't know who's got there before you. So you need to be able to sort of reverse engineer what's in front of you, understand it in order to put it right. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Is it is it something that you've got as like registered CPD or something like that? No, no, it's it's, it's nothing. It's, it's nothing like that. I mean, it's just, it's a long time coming. I spoke about this for years ago, and originally it was going to be something online. And I sat down and I started writing out sort of the, the course content. And as I'd finished getting sort of like, okay, there's ten videos there, about fifteen minutes long each. Then I was like, ah, what about this? What about that? What about that? And the list just started getting longer and longer and longer. And I was like, one, I don't know when I'm going to find the time to record all of this. And this was sort of like, I don't know if it was before or during COVID. Um, but then as sort of things relaxed up and I'd taken an office space, I was like, you know what? This is probably better if I just take this face to face, get some demo boards up on the wall and go through this stuff hands on. It's yeah. the best way to learn have, have you had a good uptake? Um, pretty decent. I mean, I haven't. I've been so busy. I've been struggling to to push for it and being so busy. The first course was meant to run uh, last month sometime. I think thirteenth when we was wasn't able, wasn't ready. Right. Even though I gave myself a lot of time to get ready, just yeah, me being on my own and, and so much to do, just I just couldn't get it done without you know literally working around the clock and not sleeping. It just couldn't be done. So we have, uh, I believe, in 15 days, maybe on the 17th. Yeah. Um, we've got a course on, so I, uh, we've got, I think, half of the courses booked out. So there's about another four or five places left out of 10. Okay, that's good. Um, but I know it's probably going to be a, a small pickup once people sort of get a bit of feedback on people that have come. And we've got a video also coming down to sort of get some behind the scenes of what the course involves. I think that, you know, from then on, people seeing benefits and how useful it can be i think it will do well no definitely yeah it's always that first round getting reviews isn't it online and yeah. really can help boost it mm-hmm. are you are you finding um it quite a transition to stepping up from being let's say on the tools to being a teacher um not really because for, for those who know me um I, I help out a hell of a lot of people um be it via social media, people sending me messages, um, or sort of like with the subcontractors that I've got around me. So I'm 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 used to 
you know, teaching people and showing people how things work, why they work, or, you know, the way things need to be wired, etc. And, you know, the, the equipment needs to be selected to achieve, you know, what it is, whatever it is the job's expected to deliver. So um, I think I'm, I'm more worried about it more than it actually is, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably be fine with it, but I'm worrying about it because I know I want to, you know, do the very best. Mm. And, it, you know, it will be decent. Um, but, yeah, just have to see how it goes, I guess. Yeah, you'll have, you'll have that first session, won't you? And it'll it'll get up and running and the nerves will go. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so you mentioned you started uh, doing some videos as well. Are you putting some of those onto online YouTube or social media and things like that and sharing those on those platforms? Yeah, so, I mean, what we're going to do, I think I've had a, a lot of people message say that, you know, where I'm based is too far for them. They're like, oh, if you can come to the Midlands or, you know, maybe rent an office from someone and bring the course up there, we'll come. I've had a few people from overseas. Um, so I think eventually we'll go we'll record it online because the nice thing about the online course is you record it once and then, you know, it can be delivered hundreds of times and then, you know, as and when there needs to be updates, we can just add on segments at the end. Um, but I just want to make sure that I've locked down what it is people need from it before I waste too much time recording stuff that's even not useful or doesn't make much sense. So I'm looking to get, you know, quite a bit of feedback from the guys that come to the face-to-face courses, you know, say, is there, you know, at the end I can ask them, you know, is there anything that you wanted to learn that you didn't? We can go over it just to get some feedback so I can make sure I've, I've included everything. And then once I've, you know, feel like I've, I've, I've got it there, then yeah, we can record it for an online and, and get it up there. That sounds good. You, you mentioned the first one is domestic heating. Mm-hmm. What, what, what would you envisage the future being? Where would you go next? To be honest, it's just covering, it's just covering all of the, all of the topics that are, sort of in everyday day in day out electrical work and again with electricians moving over to AV there's a lot of people that don't know about Wi-Fi, wiring infrastructures, smart homes, um, you know just controls in terms of speakers, the cabling to be used and why some people do it one way and other people do it the other way is there pros and cons and just to sort of help people understand because a lot of the time it's a lot more simple than they actually think but because they think it's this whole smart home stuff that is super complicated and confusing and it's not mm. once you get your head around it so in 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 the long term like in a few years i reckon there'll be sort of full scope smart home training i'd like to do it in individual modules as well as sort of a, a whole package so if you just wanted some wi-fi training we can do that or you know we could piece it all together and do a all sort of like entry level smart home to give you it's to give people enough information that they can take it away and do something with it the very next day that's always been my sort of core number one is that i don't want to give people information that will only work with a particular brand or a particular control system and i want to be able to give people enough information that the very next day they can go and make money from the knowledge that i've given them you know, so if people come on the heating course, I want people to be confident that the next day, if someone gave you a call out because their so their heating wasn't working, that you could go out and apply 
what I've taught you the day before, get it done and some money. If I can't do that, then I'm then, then it's not worked. Yeah. Okay. No, I mean it's really admirable, you know, that you're doing it. And um yeah, no, who knows, I might end up purchasing some of the, the content when you, you make it available. Yeah. Cheers, mate. <laughs> um what do you think is the future for yourself then and your businesses? Where 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 do you aim on taking everything? Um well I need to I need to grow in terms of staff wise people. Um, and that will help me. I mean, I'd, I'd like to be able to oversee and manage. I guess there's going to be three parts of the business. You've got the AV, the electrical, and then there's the skill school. It's a full-on so, full yeah. schedule. <laughs> yeah, so as, as long as I can get people in place whereby we, we can, you know, run all three divisions well, um, that's that's the long-term goal for me. No, brilliant. Yeah. No, cool. Uh, I appreciate you um, taking the time out to sit and speak with me today. It's been... Uh, it's been it's been a pleasure. It's been really interesting. I've I've learned a few things today, you know, um, which is always the aim. And so thank yeah. you very much for that. No, that's fine, mate. That's fine. I do have one last question though, which I ask of all my guests. Um, yes. What's your favourite movie? Favourite movie is Batman Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's been picked a couple of times. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> about Heath Ledger as a Joker. The yeah. the how out of control and in control that character is is just even now talking about it, my hairs are standing up. That is, yeah, there's something about that that character that is just, yeah, it, it touches me somehow. What, what about other others who've done it? And I, I'm thinking of obviously uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, they've they've been good, but it's just I don't know what it is about Heath Ledger. I don't know if it's just the small details. Um, yeah, because the latest Joker movie was was good. I enjoyed that, but it just for whatever reason it just doesn't hit home. Yeah, I heard, I heard the uh, the next one is going to be a musical. Okay, there's a lot of musicals coming out. To be fair. Yeah. I was um, I was in the cinema the other day with my daughter, and they um they're releasing Matilda the musical, and I was well, that's making me feel old because I remember when Matilda came out. Yeah. You know, to now see it be re-released <laughs> as a musical is like you kids don't even know who Matilda is. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that. So many of our like it doesn't feel long enough for all these to be being remade. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. No, well, it's it's um it's been brilliant chatting with you. Thank you very much. No, Gary. Cheers, mate. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you everyone for listening.